You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today I have a very, very special guest on the show. And, and this show, by the way, just to let you know, it's going to go a little bit longer because this is someone that I have listened to and I've admired for a very long time. In fact, one of the people that really got me interested in podcasting way back in 2015 when I launched the Mental Health Today show. So I just want to let you know, sit back, relax, put the earbuds in, go for a walk, this is going to be a fantastic episode. And so the title of this episode is Taking Your Message, Your Business, and Your Life to the Next Level with Cliff Ravenscraft coming right up. And welcome back to the Mental Health Today Show. My name is John Cordray, and I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Mental Health Today Show. I am so happy that you are all here listening. And if you're new, welcome. So glad to have you. Always, always glad to have new people listening and tuning in. And for those of you who've been around for a while, you know I appreciate you. Well, I want to just read this bio to you. It's a long one because Cliff has been doing this for a long, long time. <laughs> and uh, let me just get right to it here. So Cliff Ravenscraft is a life transformation expert available as a business mentor, a professional coach, and a motivational speaker. In 2015, Cliff made a commitment to work out six days a week, every week for the rest of his life. In December 2017, he made a decision to give up all sugar for the rest of his life. As a result, he burned off over 100 pounds of body fat and built well over 20 pounds of pure muscle mass. Wow. Cliff has learned what is necessary to create change in that lasted in his mindset and human behavior and applied it to every area of his life. In January of 2008, Cliff left an extremely lucrative career as an independent insurance agent in a family-run insurance agency that was started by his grandfather in 1937. He was next in line to take over the agency from his father. Over the next decade, he built an online business where he became the world's leading authority on podcasting. Cliff is personally responsible for training more than 40,000 people on a successful launch of their podcast. Among Cliff's clients are Pat Flynn, Michael Hyatt, John Lee Dumas, Michael Stelzner, Amy Porterfield, Dan Miller, and so many, many more. In September of 2017, Cliff made a decision to shut down 100% of his income streams from a half a million dollar per year business so that he could focus all of his work time, effort, and energy on what he felt most passionate about doing in the world. Wow. Cliff, welcome to the show. So delighted to have you today. John, it is an absolute honor and privilege to be a guest on your show. Thank you so much for having me. 
Oh, wow. That means a lot to me. I am so, so humbled. You, you have no idea. So you may not know. I know I mentioned this at the very beginning of the episode here, but I was a therapist in, in for about 10 years. And way back in 2015, I decided to launch a podcast. And big part of that was because of you. You're the podcast answer man. And uh, so I'm sure you, many people have said that to you before over the years, but I just felt like I needed to tell you that. Well, it is definitely one of the great honors that I've had in this world to have people take something that they are so passionate about. I always love this question. What would you do all day, every day, even if you weren't paid to do it? Is there anything like that? Go and do that and become so excellent at doing that thing. And eventually people will be willing to pay you a lot of money to do it. And for me, there, there's never an end of different things that I'm passionate about. And I think that that's true for everyone. I think we all have deep passions, deep interests. And I love that you took your passion, your interest for mental health, and went and created a podcast about it. And I have no doubt in my mind that there are people's lives who have been radically, profoundly transformed as a result of the content that you're putting out in the show. And I know that you've gotten the feedback. If you've been doing it since 2015, I know you've gotten some mm -hmm. emails and some letters and some thank you cards. And it's just a great honor to know that I had any role to play in that inspiration of you taking your passion and your message and putting it out into the world with a podcast. Yeah. You, you know, it's just a, a testimony. We really have no idea how and how many people we can impact. I mean, when I first started my podcast, now my undergrad is in radio and TV production. So I'm fairly familiar with broadcast and I love media and I love mental health. But you're exactly right. When I started my podcast, I had no idea if anyone was listening. And then I started to get some feedback and some people would reach out to me on Twitter and, and emails and things like that. And, and they would tell me how an episode really transformed their life. And you didn't have any idea until I told you that you had a profound effect on my life and it just trickles out. And that is an amazing testimony right there. Yeah. And the fun th thing about this, John, is there's going to be somebody that you're going to connect with about 15 years from now, and they're going to tell you the things that you just told me. And, and it'll be the first time you've ever heard from them. That would be amazing. Truly humbling and honoring. I feel the same way when I talk to a, a client and a client comes to see me for, for various mental health reasons. It's an honor. And I'm humbled at that experience. And I look at my podcast and I'm sure you do as well, the same way, just really humble to be able to help others and inspire others to really go beyond whatever they're working on, uh, whether it's mental health or, or maybe their business or whatever relationships, it helps them and encourage them and inspires them to continue working on them. And that's my hope and desire for this show. Absolutely. You know, one of my favorite things about podcasting is the opportunity for self-evaluation. And it's the evaluation of our experiences. It's the evaluation of our dreams and goals. It's the evaluation of what we just read or studied in a book or a documentary or an online course or at a conference. It's the self-reflection of, you know, what our plans and hopes and dreams are and for the future. And there's really nothing that we do in a podcast other than share a lot of our own self-reflection. And self-reflection is one of the great ways to help us improve our mental health. Oh, that's exactly right. And as we can do a lot of self-reflection, you know, I tell people all the time that you look at whatever it is that you're struggling with and what is the thought that you have around that? And it's that thought based in what you think is true or is it reality? And now I call thoughts that they think it's true and they're making assumptions about the future. I call that a faulty thinking. And a lot of times the faulty thinking can lead to influences their feelings and they can influence their behavior. And I know you spend a lot of time talking about mindset. And the title of this episode is Taking Your Message, Your Business, and Your Life to the Next Level. And that really talks about mindset, right? 
Well, I believe that mindset is responsible for at least 80% of all success in any area of life. And I heard this first from Tony Robbins, and I certainly have a feeling of certainty that this is true. If I want to, let's just say, drastically increase the profitability of my business, or if I wanted to increase the amount of income that I'm getting from my current day job, or if I want to take my relationship with my kids to the next level, or if I want to get more healthy and physically fit, whatever it is, 20% of success is knowing how to do it. It's knowing the steps. It's knowing the techniques. 20% is having the right tools. But you can have all of the information, all of the steps, the techniques, the strategies. You could have every single tool. But if you can't overcome your mindset, you'll never achieve anything in life. And so what really holds us back is not resources. It's not a lack of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness. I love that. I love that. So Cliff, if you don't mind, I would like to talk a little bit about your timeline. And I would love to kind of go back, if you don't mind, go all the way back when you first started into podcasting. What was it that made you decide to get into podcasting? And if you're able to remember, walk us through to where you are today. Oh, that's easy to remember. It was 17 years ago, and my wife and I were watching this television show, Lost. In fact, she's the one who introduced me to it, and I captured the final three episodes of the first season, and I was hooked and went back and watched the whole first season with her. So it was December 2005. I put my first podcast episode online. Now, the question is why? Simply for fun. It was a wild idea of something I wanted to do. I've always been an early adopter of technology. It's important to know the background of where I was at the time financially and professionally. At that point, I had already been an insurance agent in my mom and dad's insurance agency for a decade at that point. I was one of the most successful insurance agents in the United States. I sold auto, home, life, health, and business insurance. I was extremely wildly financially successful, so much so that my wife and I became completely debt-free except for our mortgage, and I'm making more money than most people I know. So there was absolutely nothing financially driving the decision to go launch a podcast. It was simply I was blogging on a consistent basis. I had already been blogging, by the way, for a decade at that point. And so, and I was blogging about the TV show Lost, but I had discovered podcasts in June of 2005. And I was listening to a bunch of technology podcasts. I listened to a couple faith based podcasts and I listened to five different podcasts devoted to the TV show Lost. That's how much I love this TV show. When I get interested in something, I go all in. One of my keys to my success is that in various different things. When I get interested in something, I have no fear of just completely diving in first and losing myself in it in a powerful way. And I believe we should all have some level of recreation and, and just joy of living. And so for me, this TV show was one of them. There was so much mystery going on. There was hidden clues and Easter eggs in this thing. So I was blogging and one day, I came up with this thing called the Thomas Theory, and I wrote an entire blog post. It took me probably about 20 hours to put the entire blog post together. I had to go and get screen captures from different scenes from different episodes of the show to back up this theory, and I called it the Thomas Theory, and then I recorded a three-and-a-half-minute audio file of my voice explaining what this theory was, and if anybody was interested, they could see all of my proof Hands down, it cannot be argued, I am right about this theory. And so I sent that three and a half minute audio file to Ryan and Jen Azawa, who had the transmission podcast out of Hawaii devoted to the TV show Lost. They had already built an audience in the tens of thousands. And here, my voice, a guy from Northern Kentucky, very few people outside of Northern Kentucky has ever heard the name Cliff Ravenscraft. And now tens of thousands of people just heard me talk for three and a half minutes about something I'm passionate about. 
at church, I couldn't even get people to talk to me about the TV show Lost for three and a half minutes on a Sunday. So this was awesome. And of course, there's a story about how my website got shut down because of the bandwidth exceeding and getting an invoice for a couple thousand dollars from my website host because thousands of people went to my website. And the reason why thousands went to my website was not only that podcast, but one of the people listening to my podcast was somebody from Entertainment Weekly. And so EW.com, which has millions of people in their community, EW.com did a whole entire article on my blog post and linked to it. So now there are millions of people who want to read about my Thomas theory. Funny story, the, the producers of the show had one of the five podcasts on the TV show Lost. It's called the Official Lost Podcast with Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof. Anyway, they talked about my Thomas theory and they said, hmm, that's an interesting theory. That's all they had to say about it. But ironically, they changed the entire direction of the show basically because they didn't, they didn't want all their secrets out, out there. So anyway, that's how I got started. By the way, the, the four of the five podcasts that were podcasting about the TV show Lost had already had an individual feed for each of their shows, but they created a Google, a blogger account, blogger.com, or Blogspot. I can't remember. Anyway, it was the Google blogging platform. And they shared a login, which had a shared RSS feed, and they created it what's called the Lost Podcast Network. And as soon as I put that audio feedback out, somebody said, hey, Cliff, why don't you create your own podcast? And I did the first episode by myself. I then brought my wife in on the second episode. And on the third episode, they said, hey, Cliff, we would like to invite you to syndicate your content, not only on your feed, but also on the Lost Podcast feed. So by the third episode of my very first podcast, I had 27 thousand downloads wow that is amazing for those who don't know back then podcasting was very very new right so it wasn't a year old yet yeah i'm gonna say podcasting itself wasn't around that much earlier when you first started we'll be back after a quick break Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week, we talk about the curious things that people do. This show is for you when you're in the mood for unscripted, lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and just a smattering of psychology and information you can use. I promise we will make your day pass a little faster and put a smile on your face. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like humans. Please follow the link in the show notes. My wife and I were probably one of the first 100 or 200 podcasters in existence. Wow. That is amazing. Well, wow, what a fun story that is. I had no idea that you started out with Lost. <laughs> and... Since then, by the way, I have 48 podcast shows, over 4,600 podcast episodes, each of them approximately one hour or more in length. Wow. Wow. So you're not kidding. When you want to do something, you dive in. <laughs> you're all in. I like that. That's a part of a mindset that I know that you're going to be talking about. All right. So you launched your podcast really your claim to fame was lost to the show. And then what? Tell me what's kind of the next milestone from there. The next milestone would be leaving my career as an insurance agent and leaving the idea of taking over the family business, which was already a done, foregone conclusion. All the legal paperwork was taken care of. I would have been next in line, guaranteed multi-million dollar personal income, absolutely hands down guaranteed. And walking away from all of that to pursue what I wanted to do in podcasting full-time as a career. And how that happened, how that came about was my wife and I were doing this podcast about the TV show Lost. We then started a podcast about other television shows. Grey's Anatomy 
Desperate Housewives, Heroes, Doctor Who, and a bunch of other TV shows. Then what was going on is these shows had all of these real life themes. Like the TV show Lost had an episode called All Good Cowboys Have Daddy Issues. And my wife has some stories that she shared in relation to how she relates to that storyline because her mom has been married multiple times and she's had issues with her own dad in the past and she could relate to the storylines that were being told in the show. My biological dad was an alcoholic and drug addict from the time I was born until he died in 2015. And I certainly related to the idea and concept of having daddy issues. So we just authentically talked about it. There were episodes like Tabula Rasa was the name of an episode, which means starting over with a clean slate. And so coming from my faith background, I thought it was an opportunity to talk about, you know, how many times I've been given the opportunity to start over with a clean slate and how we're all given the opportunity every day. And we don't have to wait to a new day to start a clean slate. We can start a new clean slate every hour if we desire. And so I, I just loved sharing authentically how we're resonating our personal lives, our personal experiences, our personal stories as it relates to what's going on in these television shows. And people began to write us, Cliff and Stephanie, oh my gosh, I can't believe what I just heard in your podcast. That was so encouraging. I just, I never heard of the idea of being debt-free. Can you tell me more about that? I never heard of anybody who has experienced this. Can I ask you questions? And so we started getting 100, 200, 300 emails every week from people saying, can you please tell me more about that thing you quickly mentioned? So as a result of that, we started a podcast called Family from the Heart, all about our family life. I started a podcast called Pursuing a Balanced Life to talk about some of the personal things people are asking me. I started a podcast called Encouraging Others Through Christ to answer questions that people are asking me about my faith. I started a podcast called Podcast Answer Man to answer people's questions about podcasting. So I just created podcasts on different topics for all of the main categories because here's the thing. I tried to respond to every email, but I couldn't do it. There's not enough time in the day. So what I did is I responded to a few. I did for some what I wish I could do for everyone. But I began to see a lot of the same questions happening over and over again. And I said, hey, can I create a podcast episode with your question? If you'd like, I can erase all of the details that would personally lead to you and not mention your name. Or if you prefer, I could mention your name. And some people said, sure, say my name. And some said, hey, if you leave this out, then yes, go ahead and read my question. But I would read their questions in a podcast episode, not related to the TV shows, but these other shows on other specific niches. And I would read the question and then answer. And then I would send them a link to it. And then other people who had that question, I could just forward all those other people who emailed the same type of question to those episodes that I was recording. And so I'm realizing that, wow, this seems to be the greatest ministry that I've ever had to do. Now, I thought about my career as an insurance agency as a great ministry to my community because as an insurance agent, not only was I you know, selling insurance, but I handled a lot of people's claims. I, I was the first person sometimes that somebody would talk to or one of the first three people someone would talk to if their daughter just got killed in a car accident or seriously injured or if somebody's house is currently burning to the ground or a tornado just wiped them out. So I had a lot of opportunity to be that source of encouragement and to minister to the souls of the people in my community. But gosh, that was in the hundreds, if maybe at most in the low thousands. But now with this work that I'm doing in podcasting, I have the opportunity to be a voice of encouragement and support and ministry and service to the tens of thousands. And ultimately, within 18 months, I'm actually reaching hundreds of thousands of people around the world every single week. And I began to ask myself, I know how much money I can make in insurance, but the idea of doing that just seems to be a distraction from what I feel most called to do in this world. I feel like I should devote my life to being of service to hundreds of thousands instead of just hundreds. And I don't know how I'm going to do that. I think it sounds crazy. It seems irresponsible for me to think about this. It seems almost selfish to do it, but I can't think of anything else other than this. And I let that go on 
that kind of thinking just stay inside of my head for a couple months. I started talking to my wife about it. Then I started talking to friends about it. Then I started talking in my podcast about it. And eventually people helped me overcome all of my limiting beliefs about why it's not possible, why it's not responsible and all this other stuff. And finally, I had enough faith and courage to go in and tell my dad I'm leaving. I gave him a 90-day notice and I became full-time self-employed January 1st, 2008. Wow. So Cliff, you mentioned a little bit ago, limiting belief. And that is something that I really talk a lot about, that limiting belief, that one thought that we tend to allow to keep us from really fulfilling our calling. And so many of us will look at something, I really want to do that, but, and we come up with all the reasons why we shouldn't do it. You actually went through that, but then you decided, nope, I'm going to do this anyway. So you overcame that limiting belief. And I'm really interested in learning more about that. How, how was it that you overcame that limiting belief and then more things came along in your way and you overcame those limiting beliefs as well? So can you tell us a little bit about that moment where you had a limiting belief, but you overcame it? Yeah, I can tell this story. So let me, let me give you a little bit more of what happened after I became full-time self-employed. And then I'll fast forward real quickly into the answer to your question, a time when I faced a significant limiting belief that I needed to overcome. So I became full-time self-employed. I was creating about seven to 15 podcast episodes a week. I was making a lot of income. I was making about $28,000 a year from people who were sending in just voluntary donations to the content that we're creating. And then I was doing podcast coaching and consulting, and I was charging $50 an hour. By the way, I felt really guilty charging $50 an hour at the time. I'm like, I can't believe I'm asking people to pay me for something that I love to do so much. I feel like I should be paying them for the hour. You know, they just listen to me talk about podcasting for an hour. I feel like they should be invoicing me. Now, the thing is, is I had no experience as a business owner. And so I had the mindset of an employee. And the belief systems that I had grown up with did not really gel well with having a business owner mindset. So what happened was I ended up, and my beliefs will all bear this out and it'll explain this, but working for myself, I went from being incredibly profitable, incredibly financially successful to where my first year in business, I worked 12 to 14 hours a day, seven days a week, and I never took a single day off for the first nine months. Then after nine months, I decided to take all day Sunday off. But the only way I could allow myself to do that and be so lazy, the only way I could do that is if I would agree and commit to myself that I would increase the number of hours that I worked the other six days. So long story short, after my first year in business, when I think about all of the overhead, I had to pay for an accountant CPA, I had to pay all these taxes, I had to buy software, I had to do all of this stuff. And when it was all said and done, at the end of the first year, I made $11,000 net income after taxes. That's it. $11,000 in one year. That was a lot less than I had made the year prior to that. And by the way, to celebrate, I did a 24-hour nonstop podcast marathon. I recorded 24 podcast episodes in 24 hours. And to celebrate, I went to the hospital with the most excruciating pains I'd ever experienced where I was in the hospital for two weeks and I almost died. Yeah. So fast forward after that, I come out and I decide, you know what? Regardless of my conditioned belief systems about self-help, which I had been taught you should stay away from self-help books and these things will lead you down a slippery slope and just trust in God and let him take care of everything is how I'd been taught. But I realized it's like, well, gosh, I have a pretty incredibly deep faith in God, but I don't have a lot of strategies how to take care of my mindset. I've got some issues here. And so I recognized that. And so I started reading some quote unquote self-help books, books like Think and Grow Rich, The 4-Hour Workweek, 48 Days to the Work You Love, 
psycho-cybernetics and several others. And as I started reading these books, I realized, wow, I'm starting to see some significant changes. But here's one story. So these things helped me overcome some of the issues I had with my eating habits, some of my issues with everything. But I went from charging $50 an hour to $95 an hour because I didn't want to double it to 100 And then I went from 100 to $150 an hour. And then I went, let's stop at $150 an hour. So now I'm charging $150 an hour. Here, all right, so I went from $150 an hour. I was going to go to 200 And I went to my weekly mastermind group and I said, guys, I need your guys' support. I'm really nervous about making this decision. Part of me thinks it's absolutely wrong and I shouldn't do it. And so here's the idea. I'm thinking about taking my one-on-one coaching rates for podcast consulting and coaching from $150 an hour to $200 an hour. What do you think? And they all said unanimously, you're right. You should not do that. And I'm like, oh, good. I'm so glad I did not do this mistake. And they said, Cliff, you need to double your rates and go to 300. And I'm like, what? And they spent the next hour trying to convince me why I should charge $300 an hour. They were not successful. By the way, here's a little quote. People might want to write this down. If you argue for your limitations, nobody will be able to take them from you. So I argued for all my limitations. And by the end of the call, they said, Cliff, you're right. Do not try to charge somebody $300. If you told somebody that your rate is $300 an hour with your current belief system, you will not get clients. You do not have the confidence for it and people will smell it. They will smell the fear coming out of you. Even in the words of an email, if you were to quote it with text, they will smell the fear. So they said, go ahead and raise your rates to 200. I did. Six weeks went by. I'm still booked solid. And the reality is my you know, $50 an hour didn't really change the needle all that much. Then a friend of mine reached out to me and says, Cliff, you should read this article called Seven Reasons Why People Want to Pay You More, Why Doubling Your Rates Will Double Your Success. I read this article. I read all seven of those items. And I instantly changed my belief. And I started charging $300 an hour. Ironically, the number of people who said yes, like let's just say when I was at a $150 an hour, I would say about six out of 10 people said yes to my proposals. When I was $200 an hour, about seven out of 10. When I went to $300 an hour, I went to somewhere between eight or nine out of 10 people said yes to my proposals. The more I charged, the more people said yes to me. And I have every belief that it's because people took me seriously. It's like, gosh, this guy understands the value he brings to the table. He's a real business owner. This is the kind of guy I want. I want somebody who has the confidence in the value they bring. That's the guy I want to hire. And I'm like, wow, I wish I would have known this stuff before. By the way, that article was by Peter Schallard. And if anybody wants a link to it, if you email me, cliff at cliffravenscraft.com, I will email you a link to that article about seven reasons why people want to pay you more. All right. So, John, one time when my limiting belief got in the way, and this happened to me all the time, but this is one very particular time. I was also selling equipment, and I had this particular package called the Podcast Answer Man Equipment Package. This one client called me up and says, Cliff, I want to buy this package. I want everything you have in your studio, everything. And I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. So I said, great. But the only thing is, I have no idea how to hook any of this up. I said, well, I'm $300 an hour. And I think over a two-hour call, I can have everything hooked up and configured properly. He's like, great. Now, here's the interesting thing. So I had just made over $500 or $600 in profit on that equipment purchase alone. And I just made another $600 in one-on-one coaching to walk him through how to set it up, which by the way, at the time, I loved doing. All right, so he gets all of his equipment. 
And we get on a call, and for three hours, I walk him through step-by-step everything. He's got everything set up exactly the way I have it set up. And after two hours, he knows how to use it all. And I send him the audio recording so that if he ever got everything messed up, he could just go through it all again and listen to it and do it again, right? So I'm like, wow, I just made like $1,200 off of this one client. That is awesome. This is how things ought to be in a business. This is profitability. I can actually see how someday I'm going to have margin in my life. Well, a couple months go by and I get an email from this client. And I remember him off the top of my head. It's not every client at the time. You know, I made $1,200 profit in one week working with someone. So I basically get this email. He says, Cliff, I'm having some trouble. I went out of town. I came back and I had an interview scheduled and I'm hearing static on the line when I use my telephone interface device. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. He goes, can I get on a call with you to troubleshoot this? And I said, well, I'd be honored to to do this. I've got a two-week waiting list on my schedule right now. He goes, that's no worries. I'm in no hurry, but I would really love your personalized attention. I really like connecting with you and stuff like that. And he says, if I remember correctly, you're $300 an hour with a minimum of one hour. Is that correct? And I said, yes. And he goes, great. When can we book? So we booked for two weeks later, right? And so about a week before the call, my limiting belief starts kicking in. And I'm like, hey, I reached out. You know, there's a phone number. It's right here. It's an 800 toll-free number. If you call this, the manufacturer has a great support department. They'd be more than delighted, I'm sure, to help you solve this issue. It just occurred to me to send this to you. And if you reach out to them and they solve it, just let me know and we'll cancel the appointment for next week. And he says, hey, Cliff, if it's okay with you and you're still available, I'd still very much like to connect with you and have you walk me through it and see if we can't troubleshoot it together. And I said, great, okay. Well, the next week came along. It's time for us to connect. And I'm thinking, okay, $300 I'm going to have for this one hour. I hope I can solve this in the one hour. I jump on the call at the time I was using a conference bridge. I called in five minutes early. He called in five minutes early. And I sit there. I said, okay, what's going on here? He tells me what's going on. I said, well, what's the phone number to your studio line? And so I use my cell phone and call it. And as soon as it picks up, I hear this sound. And and I'm not going to try to repeat the sound with my voice because it would be annoying. But I'm like, oh, my gosh. I said, hey, on your device, do you see these two green lights lit up? He says, yes. I said, oh, do me a favor. Reach behind the device, unplug the power cord, and plug it back in. And he says, okay. And I said, let me hit redial. I dial through. He picks up. Boom. It's working perfect. And I said, oh. I feel like an idiot. When you said static, I thought a different sound. But what you have is not static. It's called a crossover sound. And that's because at some point when you were on vacation, your power went out. And when you came back, my guess is that you recognized the power was out. But when the power came back on, it sent a surge of power into your device, which caused the circuit to cross over. And it's been like that ever since the power came back on. He goes, wow. And she goes, you're right. When I came back, I had to reset you know, the microwave and the clock on the stove and everything. And I said, yeah, this is what it is. He goes, great, Cliff. Wow, you're amazing. Send me the invoice. And we're not at the place where the call was scheduled to start yet. I did this in 90 seconds. And he's like, Cliff, send me the invoice. I said, I can't do that. He goes, why not? You helped me solve it. You're a minimum of one hour, $300 an hour, right? Yeah, send me the invoice. And I said, I can't. Don't worry about it. You know what? I've got the next hour blocked out. Is there anything else I can do? Cliff, no, this is great. This is wonderful. This is exactly what I needed. And gosh, I don't know how to thank you. Send me the invoice. And I said, no, I can't. This one's on me. He goes, what do you mean? I said, I would not be able to go to sleep tonight if I send you an invoice for what I just did. I should have done this. I should have done that. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, okay. I said, just do me a favor. If anybody ever you're talking to, just tell him Cliff Ravenscraft is a guy that knows his stuff and tell him to work with me. And that was the end of it. And so I took that $300 and I said, listen, I don't want your stinking $300. Just let me throw that right over here in the trash. That is why I say that all beliefs have consequences. Now, what I will tell 
your audience is that everything that you think leads to how you feel about anything. Everything you think leads to how you feel. And how you think about things and how you feel about things come from your beliefs. And by the way, this is my definition that I have adopted. A belief is nothing more than a thought that you feel certain is true. A belief is not true. A belief is simply a thought that you feel certain is true. Now, when you have these thoughts that you feel certain are true, you're thinking and feeling a certain way. And the way that you believe cause you to think and feel a certain way, which leads you to take the actions that you take. And the actions you take always lead to the results you get in life. And that's why I believe that each and every one of us are living the life that we believe we must have. So what happened was, I can give you the perfect example of this. Why did I refuse to send this invoice? It wasn't just one belief. There's a series. Number one, I had grown up all my life. I've been taught that I must work hard to earn money. If I'm going to earn $300, I have to work hard. What I just explained to you in that story, did it sound like I worked hard? No. All right. Because I did not work hard, I did not earn $300. All right. The next one, I had grown up with this belief that the more difficult a job is, the more income I should earn. And this was not difficult. Difficulty level on a scale of one to 10, this was a negative five. I heard the sound. I knew exactly what it is. Forget about the fact that the only reason I knew what it was is because I've already been podcasting for thousands of hours and I've had the same thing happen to me 15 times in the past and I knew the sound instantly. Let's ignore all of that. But I had the belief that the more difficult my job is, the more I should earn. This was the easiest thing. And so even if I was to earn money for solving the problem, because of how easy it is, I certainly should not be earning $300 for it. So that belief said, I can't send in the invoice. The next one is, the more I hate my job, the more I should get paid. Now, I know this is a crazy belief, but there's been a number of times that in my past that have caused me to come up with that belief. People have said, Hey, will you do this? No. Why not? Because I don't want to. I hate that. What if I paid you this much? No. What if I paid you this much? No. What if I paid you this much? Yes. Okay, I'll do it. So I didn't hate what I was doing with this client, so therefore I didn't earn it. The next one is the more time it takes for me to do the job, the more I should get paid. I also had that belief. And so Basically, it took no time. And so there, there was no value. So that was a belief. The other one was, I believe people are paying me for my time. He was paying me. He was pay, He agreed to pay me $300 in exchange for one hour. I did not give him one hour of my time. And so therefore, I did not earn the 300 So basically, and then there's one other belief. I believe it's wrong to, quote unquote, take money that I have not earned. And by the way, if I take money that I have not earned, it's called stealing. And by the way, I also have a belief that stealing is wrong and stealing is bad. And so therefore, I don't want to steal. And so do you see how it's absolutely impossible with those beliefs? There's no way I could send that invoice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's a lot, a lot like a domino effect. Right. So you have one limited belief that goes to another one and another one. And it then developed what I call a, a false narrative. And you start to believe a false narrative and that influences you. And unless you become aware of these beliefs and see the results that they're leading to, you will never be able to be profitable in, in business or you'll never be able to achieve success in your health and fitness. So for example, those of you, if you're maybe listening to me and you've been on a fitness and health journey, you know, John talked about my fitness and health journey, how I've been working out six days a week, every week for the rest of my life, giving up on sugar, dropped over a hundred pounds, kept it off for more than five years now, all of that stuff. If you're on a fitness journey, but you, you have heard this once phrase so many times that you believe it's to be true believe it's true. Oh, you should never you should never go on a calorie restriction diet. You should never change drastically the m- amount of foods that you're eating. You should never drastically change how much physical activity you're doing because if you make drastic changes in your life, then 
studies have shown that pretty much everybody who does that will gain all of the weight back, weight back and then some. Now, guess what? You may not be aware of the fact that you believe that, but if you're experiencing a lot of yo-yo in your life in the fitness and physical health area, it's probably because you've heard that so many times, you've actually adopted it as a belief. It's not consciously in your mind, but your subconscious mind is working to prove that you're true, that you're right. And so therefore you make changes to your life and by golly, as soon as willpower runs out, your subconscious mind says, okay, it's time to go right back to where he was because that's what we believe is going to happen. I love that. So true. It is so true. And you, you mentioned several different examples, business, podcasting, health and fitness, but you could relate that to just about anything in life. Absolutely. I do want to share with you, because I knew that you were going to ask me a question about how do we break free from limiting beliefs. And I'd love to share four steps and get them in here for your audience. Yeah, please do. So I said, already shared step number one, you need to be aware of the beliefs that you have. The problem that each of us have is even me today, I'm unaware. I am not consciously aware of at least 80 or 90% of all of the beliefs that actually operate my daily living. All of my human behavior, all of your human behavior, it's all driven by what we believe. And we are unfamiliar. We are not consciously aware of 80 to 90% of that programming. So awareness is the first thing. The first thing to do is to start dreaming. Start asking, man, what would life be like if I could do this? Start dreaming big dreams and then saying, okay, why am I not? Actually, think about a dream that you want to achieve. So think about something big that you believe is possible, but it would take it would take almost everything to to make everything has to align perfectly. But think about a big dream that you want, and then ask yourself, what's one, two, or three actions I must take to make that a reality? And then, what's one, two, or three behaviors I would need to stop doing to make that a reality? Now, ask yourself, have you been in pursuit of this dream for any period of time in the past? And have you always known about these actions you should take? Have you always known about these behaviors that you ha should have stopped? Well, then ask yourself the next question. The next question is, why haven't I already consistently taken these actions? Why haven't I already put an end forever to these behaviors? And in answer to all of those questions, you're going to get what we typically call excuses. But your excuses are just another way of saying what your beliefs are. And now your excuses as to why you're not taking actions and your excuses as to why you're not stopping negative behavior, all of those excuses are the beliefs. You've now become aware of limiting beliefs. The next one the next step is to discover the source of where your beliefs came from. There are three primary, uh, actually two primary sources, and that is verbal programming. It's the things that we hear over and over again. And it is our experiences, our, our actual experience of life. And these experiences create neuro associations. So for example, if one day we come home and we ask mom, hey, can I have $50 to buy this thing at the book, you know, at this, at this at event that I'm going to? And then all of a sudden, let's just say 15, 20 minutes later, mom and dad are in the kitchen. They don't think I can hear them, but they're having a knockdown, drag out argument where they're cussing and screaming at each other. All of a sudden, it's like, ooh, wanting money for things that I desire equals conflict in marriage. Now, if you're six or seven years old when this happens or eight or nine years old when this happens, then that just gets burned into your brain. And now you know, I should never want anything in life. And money equals arguments in marriage. That's, that's another belief. You can adopt a ton of beliefs and not even be aware of the fact that it happened. But so you create these neuro associations from your experiences. And then pretty much from the air, from the age of like, from the time you're born, and they, they prove this out in psychology. And since you're a licensed therapist, John, you could probably back this up. From, age, from the time you're born all the way up through age seven, your brain is in a theta wave brain state. 
basically anything that you hear presented to you, you don't have critical thinking capacity and you just adopt all of it as true. So everything your parents say to you, your teachers or any other religious leaders or authority figures, anything that the media or news teaches you, television shows teach you, culture teaches you, the things that your siblings say that is true and your friends, basically you, you just adopt all of that. Everything they say, you begin to adopt and it gets locked in the memory of your subconscious mind and operates for you for the rest of your life, whether you're aware of it or not consciously. So one of the things I like to do is somebody says, well, gosh, where did you first hear that? When they, when they give the excuse. And, I'm like, and, and I just talked to a client the other day and I'm like, oh my gosh. I, w- I remember I was 13 years old and my uncle said this. And it was a very emotional response that I had to it. Because Cliff, I never have thought about that day until just now. But that is where this belief came from. And oh my gosh, this belief has been dictating how I experience life ever since then. I was not aware of it until this conversation. Wow. So step number one, become aware. Step number two, go find that source. Step number three, it's time to disassociate from the belief. It's time to break up. Send it a Dear John letter. (laughs) Write it in your journal. This is what I used to believe. This is where I first heard this belief. Here's the evidence that I've had to support that belief, but this is why it's not true. And then just nail that thing. Just make every argument in case again, like like you are a lawyer taking this thing down. (laughs) Guilty as charged. You are a liar. You are a thief. This is not real. You're a destroyer and you, you're breaking up with all the reasons why this is not true. That's disassociation. And then finally, step number four is you must replace it with an empowering belief. So remember, I shared all the beliefs about why I couldn't send the invoice. Well, today, by the way, I'm, I average, the lowest I ever get paid is $833 an hour. I don't do anything in my business that generates me less than $833 an hour. That's minimum. And on average, I'm somewhere over $3,000 an hour. So how is it that I have so much confidence in, and I can boldly send invoices to clients before I even ever do any work for them? And here's why. Belief number one, I earn money by providing value, helping others get what they want. See, it's not about working hard. It's about providing value. I provided value in that first 90 seconds. I provided $300 worth of value. That guy had already decided he was willing to pay $300 for the solution of the problem. Not only that, here's the next one. Uh, The more I love my work, the more I will invest in becoming great at what I do. The reason why it didn't take me an hour to solve that problem, because I love my work so much that I had already invested so many hours that I had already experienced several times the issue that he was currently facing. That's why it served him. Or I was able to serve him in 90 seconds instead of an hour. The third new empowering group, clients are paying me for results. They're not paying for an hour of my time. He did not say, Cliff, I will pay you $300 if you will give me an hour of your time. He says, I will pay you $300 if you will help me solve this issue I'm having. So people are paying for the results. The next belief, empowering belief, providing the desired result in a shorter amount of time is actually even more valuable. Now, I would never say this to a client, but with my belief system the way it is today, I, I would say, hey, if you want, if you would like to jump on a call with me, I, my consulting calls are, it's $300 an hour, minimum of one hour. Here's the thing though. If it takes me the entire hour, it's $300. But if I can solve this in five minutes, it's $500. And, and technically speaking, the client that I had, I know for a fact he would have said yes to that. Hmm. It, assuming that it was worth five, it was already worth 300 to have it solved. But here's the thing. Remember, I got upset because I wasn't giving him an hour of his, uh, of my time. What I did, what I see today, given the beliefs that I have now is I gave him an entire extra hour to his day. You think about a client who just paid thousands of dollars. How much is his time worth? What could he have gone done and done? Would, would it have been worth 
to have that extra free hour. I, I can tell you right now, I, I know the value of an extra hour in my day. And so, wow. I, it's, yeah. And then I, another belief that I chose, an empowering belief about money is money is nothing more than certificates of appreciation. I got this from the book, uh, Thou Shall Prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lappin. Money equals certificates of appreciation. And I should never, ever rob others of the opportunity to show their appreciation for the value that I delivered. I will send the invoice all day, every day of the week today because I changed those limiting beliefs over to empowering beliefs. And over the years, I have, here's the other step four, the actual step is, condition empowering alternative beliefs. So condition means that you don't just find this new belief and say, oh, I got it. No, you need to be in emotionally connected to that belief because the original belief came with emotion. And so for you to put this new one in, you actually have to have the emotion to it. And sometimes you can overcome the lack of emotion by repetition if you want to. So that's why I like to use affirmations. It's like, okay, here are my new beliefs and I'll write them over and over again. I'll say them to myself. I, I'll go through. But here are the step, the four steps to break up with limiting beliefs. Step one, awareness. Step number two, discover the source. Step number three, disassociate from the limiting belief. Break up with it. Make all the case for why it's not true. And then step four, condition empowering alternative beliefs. I love that. That is gold. <laughs> I really appreciate that. And if you're listening to this, I want you to rewind that, take it back and write these down because this is a powerful message. And I know a lot of you really struggle with the limiting beliefs. And Cliff, what you just mentioned are very, very powerful and it really can, it's transformational. I mean, it, you're a living example of that. It transformed your life. Absolutely. And, and the great news is once you wrap your mind around this, step number one is just you hear it, you accept it. It's like, yeah, I believe that's true. That's step number one. Step number two is you want to start testing this. You want to you want to absorb this as truth. You want to start applying it to your life. And then if you then you want to repeat that over and over and over again until finally you have mastery. You don't even think about this stuff. It just happens naturally. And once you have mastered just this one thing, understanding that every belief that you have has a consequence, that you are in fact living the life that you believe you must have, once you understand that and you apply these four steps to breaking up from any limiting belief you have, you literally can create whatever life you want. I love it. Love it. What a great message and encouragement that you have been during this episode. And I, I could keep going. Uh, this is, this has been a, an incredible time with you. And, and speaking of uh, valuing your time, I want to value your time here and we do need to get to, to closing this episode. But before we do that, Cliff, if you don't mind, I, I like to ask all of my guests about self-care. And I know that you practice self-care and that's a big part of it. And I'd love to know kind of your take on what you do just for fun as well with, I'm sure you, you do a lot with your family. Uh, but what, what are some things that you do to do some self-care? I would love to share my self-care routine. I didn't get here overnight, so understand that I'm at a pretty advanced stage of self-care, but this is where I am today. I wake up before 6 a.m. every morning. Uh, my alarm is set for 6 a.m. My subconscious mind wakes me up without an alarm every morning. Most mornings I get up between 4.30, 5.30 in the morning, but, as long, but I'm out of bed by 6 a.m. At, by 6 a.m., I'm down here in my office slash studio space, and for the first three hours of the day minimum, from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., is 100% devoted to my relationship with God, uh, my time in meditation, my time in prayer, my time of journaling. After I finish that, I still have time, and I will read and study scriptures I will read and study other faith traditions and ancient wisdom. 
I then will allow myself to also tap into a lot of other personal and professional development materials. But the first three hours of my day is all about my connection to God and my own personal and professional growth. It's all learning, all studying, all growing. That's the first three hours plus of my day every day. That's seven days a week without fail. Then in the afternoon from 12.30 to 2, at 12.30, I, I work for myself. I choose my own schedule. At 12.30 every day, I drive to the gym. I work out for a minimum of 30 to 45 minutes every single day, seven days a week, and I'm back home by 2 p.m. That's every day, seven days a week. During that time, I listen to either some content like podcasts that are inspirational or entertainment, such as audiobooks or whatever. While I'm at the gym working out, if I'm doing cardio, I'll watch a TV show or I might watch some more study related stuff, documentaries, things of that nature. And then I come back and I do work, you know, from 1030 to 12. And then I do work from 330 to five. And then in after, after five o'clock, the rest of that day is spent with my wife, my kids, or just absolute having fun. It, it's all about just recreation at that point, watching good TV shows, sitting back, reading an entertainment based book or going for a ride on, you know, just, just anything I want to do for fun. But uh, every single day, I include practically every area of my life that's important to me. Wow. That is amazing. And Cliff, like everything that you've talked about today, you are very, very intentional and, and being intentional with every aspect of your life really seems like a big key, uh, what you were talking about. And that is inspirational. And I know that what you, your message today has been inspirational to so many people who listen to this show. And I just, again, appreciate you coming on and sharing your, your life, sharing your beliefs and how to overcome limiting beliefs and really just really does take it to the next level. And so uh, again, thank you so much for coming onto the show. And it was a, a, just a delight of mine to be able to have a mentor of mine for many years uh, to be on our show. Well, John, again, you, you have spent the last seven years building the audience that has come to know, like, and trust you. And I want to thank you for the honor of seeing the value in me that I bring to the table and, and for giving me this honor to speak to your community that you've worked so hard to serve over these years. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. If somebody was interested in reaching out to you, I know you mentioned your website before, but could you go ahead and, and list that again for anyone that might be listening and eager to reach out to you? Sure. Well, first, if you're listening to me in a podcast app, you might want to just go over to your search functionality where the directory of podcasts are and search for Cliff Ravenscraft. I have lots of shows, but the one I would recommend that you start with is The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. As we're recording today, uh, episode 688 is the, last, is the most recent episode. But I would start from the beginning and work backwards if you're going to listen to those. So that's, that's one thing I would do, The Cliff Ravenscraft Show podcast. And then my website is cliffravenscraft.com. If you can't spell it, just go to mindsetanswerman.com. And there's, you'll see a, a place where you can sign up for my email newsletter. You get access to the opening keynote address of my free The Dream Conference that covers what I just talked about. But you'll see me tearing up three $100 bills on stage in a little video clip. And uh, there's a bunch of other stuff on my website. I, I, I'd love to hear from you. And you can email me, cliff at cliffravenscraft.com. And I will personally respond to you. Hmm. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time and your generosity. And it's a, a, just a real honor for me to have you on. So thank you all for listening to this little extended version of the Mental Health Today show. Whenever I have a guest that I'm just really excited about having on, I will go a little longer. I'm, I'm sure you're okay with that. So thank you so much for listening to the Mental Health Today show. And as always, I want you to take care of yourself. And remember, the Mental Health Today show has been championing your mental health. 
since 2015. Take care. Bye-bye. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.